welcome to Tea and Sympathy, a podcast where two American ladies talk about drinking tea and watching British television shows. I'm Sarah, and I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> I'm Melissa, and I'm drinking the last Ooh. tea bag of my berries. So you should you should get more today. I think mercifully, my good friend and co-host Sarah has sent me more tea because I cannot be relied upon to purchase the right tea, uh, unless I am physically in Ireland. Uh, before we dive into today's very meaty episode, I just have to, I just have to click, um, confirm order on this order of a dozen silk blouses and two pairs of Paul Smith cigarette pants, but we'll explain that later. Um, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. That makes you great. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us, uh, us gals on Twitter at the letter T and Sympathy Pod. Uh, you can find us online at tandsympathypod.com. And I now have started um, linking things that we've mentioned in the oh. episode. So, okay. okay. Um, it serves a purpose now. It's just been waiting. <laughs> uh, you can email us at tea and sympathypod at gmail.com. Love to hear show ideas or anything else you want to talk to us about. And we're on Facebook facebook.com slash tea and sympathy pod you can follow us and find us listen to us apple podcasts google play podbean and we do love those apple podcast ratings helps us out so give me give me give me all your ratings so we already discussed a little bit what we're drinking but i have to say that um last week and it was just last week um i know we are back. I feel like we're back on track. We had a little, I'm not going to, it wasn't like a stumble. It was just, you know, life. A lot of stuff went on at the end of the year, the beginning of the year. Yeah. Just like things, you know, it happened traveling. And now this, this, the time change is going to happen. And Oh God. So ready. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm not normally susceptible to like I don't get seasonal affective disorder and I'm generally not really bothered by the time, like the, I don't mind it really getting darker early. Like in general, it doesn't bother me. However, it's been extremely uh, rainy in Nashville. Yeah, Um, a lot of rain. Yeah, it's been raining since October and I am susceptible to that because I, I, so I feel like somehow the summer, I feel like the change means it's like going to dry out, which is, hilarious because I live in the south and it <laughs> rains in the summer as well so but I I'm fooling myself well at least it'll be lighter longer so yeah I'll be able to see the rain for <laughs> more hours in the day well I'm I'm drinking because I mentioned um my, my coffee my online coffee and tea place Presto oh, George yeah. <laughs> Presto, jo- Presto George Presto George um so I was ordering more Highlander cream coffee last week. Um, <laughs> we were looking through the flavored coffee. And I'm a flavored coffee person. Sorry. I know that that's looked down you know, upon. Save your judgment, listeners. Don't we, don't, we don't judge. The only thing we judge here is uh, what kind of tea you drink to be, to be TBH. Yeah. Tea be honest. That's the only thing we tea judge. Tea be honest. <laughs> Uh, but we were looking at the flavored seasonal coffees, and um, there was one listed called Leprechaun Blend. Oh, 
And my husband said, what is that besides offensive? And I said, um, <laughs> I, I think it's probably like Irish cream and, and sure enough. <laughs> and tulips. Yeah, obviously we ordered it. So I'm drinking that right now and it's, it's good. I think perhaps the next time I'm on there, I will order some tea and then I will bring that to the show as tea content. So. Does uh, your husband, has his accent remained like he's from, he's a, is he from Dublin or just outside of Dublin? He's a Dubliner. He's a Dubliner. By birth. He grew up here in the United okay. States. But, so he um, does he, so he does not have an accent. He does not. It's more oh, that oh. he uses words like, um, you know, bin instead of garbage or tin instead of can of food or um, garage instead of garage. Um, gotcha. Pasta instead of pasta. Um, I think he says pasta. Okay. But after, let's say, three Guinness cocktails. <laughs> yeah. Um, it he just leans it into out. it a little. Yeah comes out a little bit but gotcha. he doesn't seem to have the northeast ohio vowels like i do so oh i think that's probably for the best i do too i do too. <laughs> so not that your accent isn't delightful but i am very attuned to the midwest accent because i am also but oh i never have very different accents i never hear it until i listen to this, until yeah. I have this podcast and then yeah. i'm like whoa <laughs> I'm like, wow, you keep all of your sounds in your nose. <laughs> so this week we're talking about, oh. <laughs> you're already so excited. I, I wish, I'm like just, I am, I have my hands on either side of like the microphone and I'm like not clenching my fists, but I am closing and opening my fists like in like. I'm milking a an imaginary cow. Like I'm like that excited. I'm like let's let's do this. You are ready. Well, I'm ready. We're <laughs> ready for this show. We're talking about the fall. Oh yeah. Uh, and a little bit of background for the uninitiated: the fall is a British Irish crime drama television series, which was filmed and set in Northern Ireland. Uh, premiered in May 2013 in the Republic of Ireland on RTE One and in the UK on BBC Two. Uh, the second series aired in 2014-2015, and the third and final series, final, final in air quotes, aired in 2016. Um, after the third series, the, the series writer and Gillian Anderson both were like, yeah, we'd do more, but that was uh, almost three years ago now, so I don't know what's become of that. But uh, the premise... Uh, is that well? It stars Gillian Anderson, or as you may know her, Scully from the X. Yeah, but I feel like uh, I'll get into it. You know, keep go, keep. I'll get into that. Okay. It stars Gillian Anderson as Detective Superintendent Stella Gibson and Jamie Dornan as serial killer Paul Spector. And I'm not spoiling anything because uh, you know right from the get go uh, what he's doing. And the basic premise is that Stella Gibson is assigned to review an unsolved case in Northern Ireland. She comes from, um, she comes over from London, I'm guessing. Yeah, and, yeah. And while she's on this assignment, more murders occur and she has to work with other detectives to find and capture what they eventually come to know as a serial killer. And um, Paul Spector, who is the killer, is married with two children and his day job is as a grief counselor, which 
comes into play uh, several times during yeah. the series. Um, a little a little note since you mentioned accents earlier. Um, Jamie Dornan is native to Northern Ireland, so he talks more or less like himself. And then Gillian Anderson actually grew up in both England and the U.S. And she is bi-dialectal, which means mm. that she switches very easily and naturally between American and British accents. Yeah. Um, and I'll save the bit about the costume designer until we talk about those silk blouses. Oh, my God. Spectacular. So, that's the setup. So you've watched I, this a number of times. I have. Uh, I think I've. I think this is potentially my third or fourth go around with the series, with the show, not the series. It's it's just so good. It's it's so good. I. So there's like lots of things that make this very good, but I feel like the overarching premise. Again, we've talked about this before, and this is a very UK thing. Is that Stella Gibson is all of these things, and she also just happens to be a woman. It's never like like her being a woman is never they don't lead with her being a woman right she's it could just like obviously it it's not like you could write the story without her being a woman because there are things to kind of make you think but there's never moments in the show where you feel like the the show is kind of pulling you aside and being like, wait, hey, will you look at her and a woman? Like, <laughs> look at all the things she's doing as a woman. Like, no, she's just, Stella Gibson is life goals. I, let's just, I need to get this out of the way in advance. I both, uh, I have crushes on both Stella Gibson and Paul Spector it is a personally alarming to me how charismatic and attractive Jamie Dornan is as a serial killer. <sighs> I, I feel like I obviously have things that I need to unpack here with that, but it's, <laughs> I mean, yeah. he, he's extremely, it, this is one of those shows where like, you find it hard. I find it challenging, which I like what they did. I find it's hard to kind of hate him, even though he is pretty, pretty gross guy. He's pretty creepy. I find that it's challenging to not like him. Um, I found him terrifying. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I, I mean, I understand in the scenes where he's um, being a father or a grief counselor, um, it's difficult for me because you know that he's not there's none of the questioning with the show. You're not like, is it him? Could it possibly be him? No, it's him. Because you know that it's him. So that renders those scenes more upsetting to me because he's <laughs> pulling off normalcy so yeah, competently. He is. And I, I resisted watching, the, or I didn't resist it. I just didn't make it a point to watch it, even though I heard so much about it. And I really like Gillian Anderson, but I, I'm not hugely into shows with like female body count as plot device yeah and i mean i like a good mystery and oftentimes that means there's been a meta but yeah um, you know like i don't i had i, I can't watch svu and i it's, mm -hmm. it gets to be gratuitous in a way yeah. um do you feel like though this I didn't feel that way about the right. show once. I guess that's, yeah. So, like, it very, I mean, it, 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 it is female body count as a plot because 
well, he's, he's a serial killer, yeah, sexual but it's almost like, right. But I don't feel like it felt oddly enough. There wasn't gratuitous violence. No, sometimes the show is very brutal. Um, there's a few scenes that are violent, but they're not, I, I, don't, I don't know how they're to say very, They're part of, they're, they're, requ- they're necessary. Sure, sure. They don't feel gratuitous. The scenes where he's committing his crimes, which actually are fairly few, are scary, are terrifying. I mean, there. I think you can safely say it's like every woman's nightmare. That yeah. Oh, they are terrifying, but they are not particularly violent. Is no, that- they're not. They're not drawn out. They're not drawn no. out for the sake of being, you know, gazed at. So. If that's something that's holding you back, viewer, from watching it, I would recommend giving it a try. It is it is terrifying. I mean, it is 100% every, this show, I mean, if you are, I will say, you know, probably content warning, if you are a victim of assault or have, you know, it, this might be a little trigger. This probably would be triggering. It's fairly, well, it's not the entire thing like through line of the show there are aspects of it where you're like oh my god i mean i think the first time through that i watched it i don't know if my husband was out of town or what but i was definitely watching it like at home alone at night and i think i did i do recall having to turn it off and be like yeah too scary <laughs> like you know when you're in a dark house by yourself but but it's a it's really well done it's a really good show and the fact that it is so terrifying i think just speaks to how well it's done yeah but I was joking with Melissa, bef- like early in the week when I started rewatching it, that the episode, this episode of this podcast, should be titled "Stella Gibson Doesn't Give Enough" because she just truly does not care what. No, it's spectacular. She gives enough about her job, clearly. Oh yeah, she that. In fact, I would argue that is probably the only thing she cares about. Yeah, it's just um, as far as people's like reactions of her and impressions of her I behavior and whether love her. It's proper there, or not. She doesn't care. Have there been... I, we might have to dig into this after. I wonder how many... Um, I wonder how many aggrieved white men there were on the internet who hated Stella Gibson. I, do, I have yet to meet a woman who has watched the show who does not love Stella Gibson, but I'm going to guess that there are probably aggrieved men on the internet who didn't like her. Um, she does seem to provoke a very, in the show, she does seem to sp- provoke a very specific um, few reactions from yeah. the men that she interacts with. And most of, for most of them, it's like they're, it's like a, they're in a trance, like a spell has been cast. Yeah. Some of them even say it. Um, while Jim Burns, who's her, what, what well, is he to her? Her boss, I think. He's okay. like, yeah. I mean, let's get it out of the way. Jim Burns, uh I didn't really know. He notice starts this. off fine. Yeah. I feel like he starts off fine and then just like rapidly devolves and just that whole I'm remembering what when he like says something like along the lines of like you're, you know, entrancing or whatever. And I'm like, get no. Oh, he's, he's like, you have no idea the effect you have on Matt. And I'm like, yes, she does. Yes, she does. She absolutely does, and she doesn't care that you're struggling with it particularly. She she's literally, it's not her problem. That's a you thing, not a her thing. Well, he's got, you know, problems. And if, if you've, did you watch, um, Jim Burns is played by the guy who played 
the father in, uh, I think it was called Retribution. Did you watch that? No, I didn't. We can talk that about that at the end of the episode. But mm-hmm. anyway, he's, I think a lot of people, if you're watching a lot of British television, a lot of people will recognize him. He really comes unglued towards the end of the series. And it's kind of not clear what I, I never really liked. I will say I don't love that storyline because it's not clear why. Yeah, so they have this past relationship, and he is like, I think it's the proximity to her that undoes him, honestly, because she doesn't give it, she doesn't care that he's so affected by her. She's moved on. Yeah. And I mean, the show is really about, it's about relationships, well, both that people have with each other and that people have with themselves. And I think that his inability to like have the relationship that he wants with her, like just un- completely unravels him that and the alcoholism yeah there's that you know there's that it's so interesting i don't i always see this show very much as just like a extended dance between stella and paul and everyone else is very tangential to me yeah as soon as he sees her on television there's like um a connection between the two of them because there's that scene is really drawn out when he sees her yeah. at the news conference and he becomes sort of and not in the way that he's obsessed with his specific type of victim no um, he becomes obsessed with her because i think they're two sides of the same coin in a way right so that relationship is the really the primary relationship in the show and it's interesting to me too in terms of the structure of the show and how it develops is that they manage to stretch this like the case is solved relatively quickly, mm-hmm. um, but they they stretch it out over three. Uh, granted, short-ish series, but it never gets draggy. Yeah, and then the end yeah, is sort I, of a shocking. Like the end is is shocking. Yeah, it is. And I think on paper it would probably look like a letdown, but it's not. Yeah, agreed. It's. The show is like, ooh, I think I, this is a weird word. I hate this word, but I'm going to say it. it's like, it's taught. It is yeah, like from the, the minute it is similar. Yeah. Like bodyguard. It is like, it's pulled real tight and just kind of like you, I, you mentioned this. Um, there's not a lot of, you mentioned it's like cerebral, but like you, you kind of, it, I actually really like how it seems to just like start and expects the viewer to just like, you better catch up. We're yeah. dropped mid, like he's like, he's in the midst of doing something. Like there's no exposition really needed. Like she's just packing and she shows up and like, you just, you, you have to pay, you have to just like keep up. Yeah. You're along for the ride. I love that in a show. I, Love it when it's like, I like the feeling of being like dropped into something that's already happening. Yeah. And that forces me to catch up. So interesting. You mentioned, see, I kind of hated the number of sidebar stories. Um, <laughs> I find yeah. it irritating. I had forgotten how many there were. Mm-hmm. And the one that I really get sick of because it, in, well, because it's, it enrages me and because it doesn't really ultimately have much to do um, with what's happening with the primary story is the the domestic violence couple. Couple. Ugh. Well, I mean, yeah, it sort of does. In a, like, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like a. Fe- 
I get like why they happened. I get why they did them, but also I'm just like, these don't have anything to do with anything. Back to Stella, please. <laughs> like any minute that I'm not watching Stella Gibson do anything or Paul Spector, let's get real. Yeah. Uh, anytime I'm not watching Jamie Dornan as Paul Spector, like warm up to murder someone is just a waste of my time. I, I think it's because the, the character, um, the husband, the abusive husband, and then his, like, gross thug friend that, like, boots yeah. the cars for a living or whatever. <laughs> I just get, like, every time they turn up, they're they're very broad. They're really super tropes. gross characters. Yeah. They're extremely gross caricatures of that, like, lower class, blue collar. Uh, Irish thug, yeah. Irish thug. And it's very, like, even his face. The whole, like, you know, that first, like, irrational temper. I don't like that. I just, it's it's annoying. And his friend, his little fireplug-looking friend <laughs> that, um, I, I just every time he comes on screen, I'd be like, Ugh. But th- speaking of things we love about Stella Gibson, when he, when the fireplug man, she's wandering, she's in the, his neighborhood for some reason, which I'm now forgetting, but they kind of, he and his gang of toughs, like, approaches her at her car, and she, like, could not be more unbothered, which is yeah, so amazing. I love her. Because you know he's used to being intimidating and people just like scurrying out of his way and she doesn't care. And then when she like takes a step toward him and he flinches, yeah, oh, I just want to stand up and cheer. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. And uh, yeah, but so Katie Benedetto, you mentioned, and I definitely do want to talk about this because... So she's a 16-year-old, and she's the family. She's the Spectre family's babysitter. And yeah. she's in this – and we've either been this girl or we've known this girl, but she's in this place. Oh, where, look, I have never been this girl. I was <laughs> it's, it's almost like this show took the, like, tangential characters and made them super big, super broad. Like, the whole, like, showing up in the rain wearing, you know – short shorts and like being like i'm wet and cold like (laughs) well that's what i mean right like she's a a thirsty troubled teen but yeah she is and her character is elevated it's too much she's elevated to like main character status and by the yeah and i hate it like i hate it as i said to you it it was exactly the same reaction i had in later seasons of the americans when they would like come back from a commercial and it would be a page scene and i'd be like no I understand the character and, like, where she fits in in the story. I'm not, like, opposed to her as I, – I think it's almost – I'm really legitimately opposed. Like, I don't like how the actress – and I feel like Paul and Katie's energies never quite match. Like, she's so, like – and maybe that's the point. Is He seems legitimately, like, annoyed by her. Yes. And maybe that's the point is, like, he is annoyed by her – and uses that to her, like, his advantage. But I I just, I find myself every time she comes on screen just being like, Ugh. Well, I think to somebody who's a, you know, a sociopath, um, people are either assets or they're a liability. Right. And she starts out as a liability and he turns her into an asset. And when I say that, you know, like, we've all been or known this girl, I don't mean that we've all been, like, aspiring <laughs> murderers, serial killers, but that we've all 
had, you know, been like, who am I really? And like, oh, I'm this identity. She just happens to <laughs> link up with a real, really bad dude. I just find it all like not believable in a way. Like her just like excessive thirst and him being like remotely. Maybe it's that his affect is such that like his affect is pretty flat. And so it's hard for me to under like, I'm like, are you really in, are you into this? You know, her like thirst quote unquote thirst trap videos on YouTube. Like what if I don't, it doesn't make sense. Their relationship doesn't make any sense to me. Let's talk about some of the things we love about Stella Gibson, starting with her wardrobe. Okay, yes, please. Thank you very much. I have said this before that I want the Stella Gibson wardrobe special, please. Well, I did a little digging. And oh, the co- bless you. I the love costume it. designer is Emer Neville Denig, which is a very Irish name that I'm probably still mispronouncing a little bit. And I read an article about how she had gone about choosing the clothes and how she would um, kind oh of had gotten in her mind this um, idea of a character who knows what works for her because she's of an age to know that and has the means to buy the nicest, you know, of what she likes. And she just wants to have things that are ready to go all the time. So a blouse that goes with everything and pants that go with everything. And her wardrobe pretty much is silk blouses, pencil skirts, pencil skirts, um, slim pants, and this gorgeous coat gorgeous and heels mm-hmm. oh her heels oh yep do you know there's a um <laughs> i found this too there's a website that makes coats from movies and tv shows <gasps> what so you can buy i think they're sort of i i wouldn't it's like fast fashion yeah i think it's mm. probably the same type of thing as like romwe or those places, you know, where you see one thing on the internet and then you order it and it's like, what? This is not what I ordered. But you can buy the Stella Gibson coat on primejackets.com. Oh, God. I... Let's get real. I, there, are, there is a, I believe there is a very limited amount of people who can pull off Stella Gibson's wardrobe. In fact, I'd argue that it's really only Jillian Anderson as Stella Gibson. I'm not even sure Jillian Anderson as Jillian Anderson would like to pull that off. <laughs> But it's just spectacular. It is, I feel like I talked about this. I'm going to look at my Instagram in the past because there were like a couple of shows that did this very well. I think actually one might have been um, Bodyguard and then the other one might have been like Killing Eve. I'm going to look through my Instagram if I can. But I just, man. What she wear, the way she dresses is not, it's not fashion, it's style. And I think it's, that. Right, exactly. You notice it because it's so, like just describing it, you know, pencil skirts, pants, it's um, unremarkable, I guess, but she's so comfortable. It's impeccable. That. I mean, yeah. she is, she is impeccably dressed at all times. Minus the actual, minus though, that literal first scene where she's at home And I sort of love this because it's kind of a throwaway scene because it's the first one and she never dresses like this again. You know, she's... She's in like Joe Boxer pajama pants. She's in like pajama (laughs) pants and has that like polka dotted, has like a polka dotted headband like holding back and she's like face masking and like 
just, it's very non-Stella Gibson and I kind of, I love it. I mean, maybe she sort of put on a costume for going up and doing this review. Um, Maybe she sort of puts on her armor. Oh, I love that. I 100% feel like her, her wardrobe is, it's simultaneously like she thinks about it and she doesn't think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think she wants to think about it. It's when she's very utilitarian. Up. It's stunning, but it's utilitarian to her. I noted that she was, uh, she eats my favorite <clears throat> business travel room service <laughs> meal, which is a burger and red wine, which is <laughs> usually the only like reliably good thing to order on a Room service, room service menu. But when I was watching her, like, just dive into that huge burger, I was like, you know what's um, outsized about her on this show is, like, her appetites. Yes, um, I love it. In all forms. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, when she sees that um, handsome young police officer and is like, stop the car, introduce Start me. the car, introduce us. And I'm like, wow. Well, I wrote, <laughs> what did I write? Stella Gibson has balls the size of watermelons, and I love her. <laughs> well, there's that guy. There's the other younger officer. She's got a she she has a she's got a type. There's Archie Punjabi from The Good Wife. Yeah, she I hooks up. I, also, I love yeah. Similarly, I love that she is clearly bisexual, and it's also not a thing. Like. Yeah, because when she's when she's talking to that younger female officer, Farrington, um, Danny Farrington, and yeah. uh, she's like, "Do you have a man?" And <laughs> Farrington is like, "No, I'm gay." And you, she looks at her, and you know she's thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Ooh, okay." Stella Gibson is life goals. <laughs> Just is. I wrote that this show. We talked about this when we watched uh, Bodyguard, but this is like. Uh, the apex of mum. This is the apex in mum. Like <laughs> this show is just like, yeah, you're gonna call Stella Gibson mum. You are. You will. You will. You will do that. I do like that even though she doesn't care what people think about her, she's not em- emotionless at all. Like she's really upset when she figures out that Paul Spector read her dream diary yeah i do love her dream diary i hadn't noticed i never really know when i had watched it either the first or second time and it comes up and i was like wait that's weird like why are they bringing this one thing up this one time and then i realized that like in literally in like the first episode she writes in it and i love that she wakes up and like writes i love that she has like a dream journal yeah she trained she trained herself to wake up in the middle of the night and write down her dreams but she's really upset when she figures out that he's been in her room and has read it. And then also when... Not because she's scared, but because it's like she... It was almost like... It's so personal. Well, yeah. It's almost like she's like, no, 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 no. I'm hunting you. This is like a business relationship. You aren't playing by the rules almost. Yeah. And then she has a very heartfelt talk with Katie... Um, close to the end when yeah. she's like you're you're effing up your life like really you are and it's clearly very heartfelt and then when one of the women uh one of the women's describing being attacked and she mm-hmm. i think she cried like i mean not sobbing but like there's definitely tears so she's very human she's not a cold 
Yeah, I mean, even in that like second or third episode where she's questioning the sister and she like, you think that when she goes over to ask her questions, you're like, oh no, she's going to be kind of cold and unfeeling. And she asks like a very straightforward question, gets her answer. And then she, she obviously has her sort of affect, which I think can be misleading, but she very much like she says, like, I'm, I'm, you know, like, I'm very sorry for your loss and you believe it. But then I do love that when Jim Burns is like, I would leave my wife for you, my children. She's like, God, get over yourself. I love it. Get a hold of yourself. I love, I love the uh, line where she's like, where the total, I don't even remember his name, the throwaway attractive cop. And he's like, why did you like give, why didn't you give me your phone number if you didn't want me to use it? And she's just like, I don't know. I misread you. Like I'm usually good at reading people, but clearly I miss, like clearly I made a mistake. <laughs> Sorry. I do love I, also, we talked about um, our, the character, Archie Punjabi's character and she, yeah. is she the, she's the medical examiner. Yes. And she rides a motorcycle around and I love it. And she's, so she's in the bar. Right. She, she and Stella are getting together. Also for, dressed spectacularly. Yeah. There's no, there's nobody who's frumpy in the show. And uh, um, I no, that is not true. Well, except for Sally. Paul Spector's wife. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we can dig into that as well. She, I think she actually gets the worst. She, that poor woman. And just, I, from the get go, I'm like, I get what he's doing here, but also it feels very, it never quite feels emotionally abusive, but it like very clearly is. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> Did they ever cover? And so the, this, I watched it um, like raptly the first time a while ago. And then this, this rewatch, I just sort of, you know, was in and out doing other things while it was on. Sure. Do they ever talk to him about like, boy, what are you doing? Like in terms of why he has a wife and children? Like is, do they ever cover that? I don't think so. It's extremely, well, I understand like why he would have a wife and kids, like because that is his kind of cover. But yeah, why that, why? Like more along the lines of like, I think it's not, why her but like why does she stay with him that's very upsetting to me yeah there's um okay so the the writer i'm remembering this now the writer did talk about like what were some of the influences that led him to create the story and he Ah. referenced um btk the killer who oh also had a wife and family and who never suspected anything Mm. and never you know he was totally normal dad husband at home and was right. going out at night to do these terrible things. So I guess, you know, Is that was just drawn from reality. Like, yeah, she's just so milk toast that that's the point. I mean, she's a, a neonatal nurse and he does seem to like prioritize children because his own childhood was so crappy. And he does seem to sort of be a protector of childhood, oddly enough. Um, so maybe that appealed to him. I just, that whole relationship, they alternate between really rapidly and almost like it seems like they go from one minute she can't stand him to the next minute she's like would do anything for him and I it's very I find it very disconcerting but you know this is her whole life right like I mean it's the father of her children and so when the police come around and they're like was he home like 
you're going to, you know, she's going to say, yeah. Yeah. My, I think one of my favorite scenes, um, not because anything happens in it, but is that early scene where after he's the juxtaposition of after he's like murdered the first girl and like the washing where he like washes her and then washes his daughter's hair. Oh yeah. That's deeply disturbing it's extremely disturbing but it's very like it's almost like you're like oh i get why he i understand why he washes the women he murders like he's he takes care of them it's very very odd it's not well it's not odd it's disturbing and let's talk about jamie jordan for a minute because i think that um okay i would not recommend to anyone unless you need a good laugh to watch the 50 shades of please do not watch in fact i wouldn't recommend it at all it's i feel like those movie that 50 shades of gray is not indicative of his talent if you must have a jamie dornan fix and and i you should because he's spectacular uh watch this instead 50 shades of gray is just terrible it's just so bad not a good indicator of his acting chops. I mean, if you want to watch a garbage movie while you're stuck on the couch, like watch How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days or like Ooh, yeah. Twenty seven dread like some something that's um bad and silly without being also awful and bad for humanity. So. And yeah, like not self don't if you're gonna watch a garbage movie, don't watch a garbage movie that doesn't know it's a garbage movie. She's, yeah, he's so, he's just so, like, the acting in this movie is so good, and um, I get really irrationally annoyed at how Jillian Anderson has got, oh, that's what I was going to say, so you mentioned her as Scully. I never watched X-Men, or (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. I watched X-Men, actually, a lot. Uh, X-Files never appealed to me. It's just not my jam. I don't get into sci-fi supernatural things um but i have obviously seen like people like to post photos of it and it is very unfair that jillian anderson seems to have improved with time because women are not supposed to do that and it seems very very unfair i would say that even if you if unless you have already and didn't like it there's a few episodes from the the two like recent seasons of X-Files that stand alone really well. And that, I mean, she's great in all of them, but her and David Duchovny have a really good, like you can tell they're longtime friends and yeah. um, they have a good, I, I would recommend a couple of the episodes from the, Before. yeah, from the last couple seasons, but I mean, something else I would also recommend Jillian Anderson, in, which is more recent. Well, not as recent. I mean, it's more recent than the fall. I don't know when the X, new X-Files was on. Um, she was in the first season, uh, and so far the only season until, like, next weekend. Um, the first season of American Gods. She was media and just spectacular. So good in it. She was so good in it. Oh, I was going to say if you, if you're more of a, yeah, I was going to say Bleak House. She is great in Bleak House. Period piece type of person. She's great in it. I think so many people would be surprised by her because I think so many people are familiar with her through X-Files. And so they're very shocked when she does the British accent. And people, I think, 
think that she is British, which you had mentioned that she was kind of raised both. Yeah, she grew up in London. She also has played Miss Havisham in a TV miniseries. Oh, yes, she did. Great Expectation. And didn't she play Lily Bart? Uh, oh, yeah, she did. She was in the House of Mirth. This has been a while ago. Oh, in that one I did not see. Yeah, she was Lily Bart in House of Mirth, and I, I think that's supposed to be pretty good. Give me all the Gillian Anderson, primarily British content. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't mess with it. Sorry, the X-Files just never quite... The X is it the X Files or just X Files? It's just X Files, I think. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna email you the name of those um, couple episodes you made. All right, <laughs> and I'm gonna put them on our website. Uh, we can turn turn the corner to miscellaneous right. corner. Yeah, <laughs> if you'd like. I love what you mentioned. I love. Have you? I have. Have you seen it? I binge watched it over like a weekend because it's just. I adore so like I loved the night manager so when I read yeah. about the read that they made this adaptation I was like yeah give it give me give it all to me so we're speaking of a uh, little drummer girl on AMC which is an adaptation uh which is based on the John Carre novel of the same name and how did you watch it I watched it on Amazon I watched it on AMC okay uh, I watched it through AMC premiere because we got rid of most of our cable channels mm-hmm. but um, so that's a separate subscription on Amazon. But if you have AMC, I'm assuming it's on demand. Yeah, I probably, I would assume so it is. It's spectacular. It's so good. If you, if anyone watched The Night Manager and loved The Night Manager, you, I'm going to guess yeah. you'll be real into this. Florence Pugh, Alexander Skarsgård. Oh, he's real good in this. Uh, Michael Shannon, whose name you might not recognize, but I guarantee if you don't and you see his face, you'll be like, oh, that guy. Oh, that guy. Aired in the UK on BBC One in just October 2018 and now, as we mentioned, on AMC. And I would also like to highlight the French-Lebanese actor Sharif Gattis. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I mean, I'm going to quickly search for uh, the name. He played Khalil. And Mm -hmm. he is... Handsome. He he is attractive. I see. It's so funny. I um am familiar with Florence Pugh. She was um, it, she's Lady Macbeth. And if you has anyone seen has anyone seen Lady Macbeth? So good. Mm. She is spectacular in it. She's so good. She's also in the King Lear adaptation on Amazon with Anthony Hopkins. She's oh right. Don't sleep on Florence Pugh, but she's extremely good in Lady Macbeth. I don't remember her from Marcella, and I I watched two well one and a half seasons of Marcella. I don't remember her. I have not watched it. It's not. It's not good. Well, the first season is is pretty good. The second season is garbage. Sorry, Marcella. <laughs> Sorry, Marcella fans. Um, hold on, I'm googling Sharif Gattas. Oh, okay, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Noted. Got it. I love that the first post is post is a bustle article. Who is? <laughs> Who's this guy? Oh, I love. I was very excited to see you post this in our feed. It's very good. Uh, I started watching because I, I read an article that was like, hey, 
AMC premiere. Here's some cool shows that are on it. And we started watching Riviera with Julia. Ooh, what's her name? Julia. Mm-hmm. Why can't I think of her last name? It's because Louis Dreyfus. No, Julia Riviera. Gulia. <laughs> Julia Gulia. Julia Styles. Wow. Oh God. Um, that show wasn't. Thank you. Good. It wasn't good. I, I'm sure she's a lovely person, but I find her very unmemorable. So. I find her face hard to look at. Similarly to <laughs> Heather Graham. I can't, there's something about their faces that they always look mildly constipated that I find it hard to pay attention to things that they're in. Oh. I feel very judgmental of women. I don't mean it to be. Well, you're allowed to not like people. That's fine. Yeah. I feel the same way about Leah Michelle for reasons I can't explain. So um, I don't even know who that is. Oh, she was in Glee. So, well, we could talk about Little Drummer Girl next week if you'd like, but I didn't know if you had other suggestions for what we might discuss. Uh, I'm on board with that. I would happily watch it. Uh, do you want to talk also about, like, The Night Manager? I have a John le Carre week. Oh, sure, because um, Tom Hiddleston, thank you. Yes, please. <laughs> I that show so I watched I started watching that show I was like let's watch this show because of Tom Hiddleston but my husband is a huge John le Carre fan and that show is spectacular it's so good I mean I feel like both of these both of these are so they're they're extremely well done both of them are um Alexander Skarsgård is very very good in Little Drummer Girl I really think he's great especially if you are kind of uh, if you're only familiar with him from Big Little Lies, like that's sort of mm-hmm. he's he's get on Alexander Skarsgård. He was also in Generation Kill, which he's extremely good in. Um, that that's, that Kira Knightley movie that's coming out or just came out. Uh, wh- which one is that? Um, oh, Colette. No, uh, that's good though. Um, so she plays the wife of. The actor's name, I think, is Jason Clark, and they're, he's an English. Oh, I like him. He's an English um, officer in World War II, and they Oh, are, sign me up. I'm already on. They're occupying um, <laughs> German, <laughs> German territory, and Alexander Skarsgård is this widowed father who lives in a manor house. And, yeah, okay. Um, Jason Clark goes, has to go off and do something, and Alexander Skarsgård and Kira Knightley are left alone in this house, and done it's it sold me you sold i wish i remembered what it was called um i'm looking it up right now the aftermath yeah is it out yet uh no uh next week oh okay march 15th i mean yeah sold i where do i sign up (laughs) i don't even have to ask me twice I'm not a huge Keira Knightley fan at all. And I kind of wish she would stop taking roles where she's just like this cat this toy. Face. Yeah. Batted around between two men. Yeah. I feel the same, but she did Colette and that she was supposed to be very good in it. It was great. That was a great movie. All right. So next week we will talk about little drummer girl and night manager slash. It'll be a John le Carré. Extravaganza. Extravaganza. Oh, I'm very excited. So just to remind you all, please follow us on Twitter at 
the letter T in Sympathy Pod, um, go online and find us. And details from this episode at tandsympathypod.com. Email us your show ideas and other thoughtful suggestions at tandsympathypod at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash tandsympathypod. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean. Get involved. Oh, Melissa's mom. We didn't even mention her until the end. I wasn't going to mention that. I hope she's not too upset. I know. Sorry. She'll be fine. Uh, But yeah, until next time, this is the Tea and Sympathy Podcast, signing off.